0: This is the Rundown. Rundown. The Rundown. Hosted by Luke Lipinski. 98.7 FM. Arizona's Sports Station. Live from the Auction Community Studio for the next half hour. Luke Lipinski here with you. Jesse Morrison behind the glass. Jesse kind of dancing as we get ready for an evening of Phoenix Suns basketball. Downtown Phoenix against the New York Knicks. Uh, so pregame coverage there will begin at 6.30. And we may as well start there since we have a, a fast show here. The Suns come in at 47-19. and So one game back of Utah for first place in the entire NBA. And like that game's important to the Suns. I almost feel like the Portland Lakers game is potentially more important to the Suns if that makes sense. I mean the Suns are look, you're going to be 1 or 2 almost certainly. If you win tonight, you're you're basically locked into 1 or 2 if you're not already. But the Lakers and Blazers are playing tonight. Both teams tied for the 6th seed right now in the Western Conference. So the winner will jump a game ahead and they'll also hold the tiebreaker and we don't have a lot of games left. I mean, whether the Suns are the Suns are are down to 6 entering tonight. Uh, same with the Blazers and the Lakers, each have six to go. So five after tonight, and one of them will have a one-game lead plus the tiebreaker, so like almost a two-game lead, basically. And I know Burns and Gambo did the poll question today, or maybe it was actually just on the, on. The, yeah, it was Burns and Gambo, of would you rather the Blazers win that game tonight or the Lakers win that game tonight? And I think the audience pretty pretty um, emphatically agreed with me, and Jesse, I would assume you're the same here. I want the Blazers winning that game tonight. Like, drop the Lakers into the play-in tournament, right?
1: Yeah, you, you don't want to see the, the Lakers uh, in the first round.
0: Well, and so I, I guess the logic for voting that you would rather have the Lakers win is then they would get the fifth or sixth seed, and you wouldn't see them in the first round. But if they lose, if they're in the play-in tournament, their first round, whatever it's being called, their first game... Will almost certainly be against Steph Curry and the Warriors. So
1: LeBron's kryptonite.
0: Yeah, I mean, one one and done against Steph is uh, is a position I'd like to see the Lakers in. Now, look, if the Lakers finish seventh, Golden State finishes eighth, and and that's what the the standings would be right now. If if Portland wins tonight and the Lakers lose that game to the Warriors, they're not out. They would still play the winner of Memphis San Antonio. That's how the play in uh, tournament works. It, it's not. It's not what you would think on first glance. It's, it's seven plays eight, winner goes to the playoffs, loser plays the winner of nine, 10, and then that winner goes. So if you're a seven or eight, you got to lose two straight games to be eliminated. But I'd rather put the Lakers in that position and let's just see, right? I mean, if it comes, if at that point it comes out Suns, Lakers in the first round, so be it. I mean, you, you can only do so much to avoid them. But I got to say, LeBron missing this game tonight and the fact that they've known it for a few days and this is a huge game for the Lakers and it's a huge game if you're LeBron because LeBron doesn't want to play extra playoff games if he doesn't have to so like if he was healthy he'd be playing tonight to avoid having to play in the play-in tournament the fact that he's missing this and they knew he was going to miss it for a few days sure makes me think he's not nearly as healthy as maybe all of us just assumed he would be a couple weeks ago with the playoffs less than two weeks away. And the play-in tournament, a week and a half away. I mean, Just barely over a week away now. And uh, Anthony Davis looks beat up again. So i I have long been under the belief that this season is more wide open in the NBA than it typically is. But the Lakers and the Nets are the two favorites. The Lakers aren't healthy. If they only have Anthony Davis, they're not a favorite to me. As much as I think he's a really good player, he's a great player. I've seen a team that's just Anthony Davis. That was the Pelicans. They weren't really anything dangerous. If they only have LeBron, I don't necessarily want to play LeBron in a playoff series. But they're not unbeatable. They got to have LeBron and Anthony Davis fully healthy, and I just don't know that that's going to happen now. So I'm not like writing the Lakers off, but this this NBA season is absolutely wide open. I don't think the Suns have to get the number one seed. I don't think it's really that important. I get why they're going for it, and that's fine. Home court all the way through, yeah. I mean, there's there's some value to that. But in years past, it was like, okay, well, we know it's going to be Golden State and Cleveland. It's just a matter of who wins more during the regular season, and all these other teams can just play meaningless playoff series. I don't know if there's going to be a lot of meaningless playoff series this year. I'm really looking forward to this. I get, like, the Nets are the favorites. Fine. Whatever. But it's not like a foregone conclusion like it has been in years past. If you, typically, you could start the season and be like, okay, pick four teams, two of them will definitely be in the championship. We've got a week left in the regular season this year, and I'm not sure I could pick four teams that I could guarantee you two of them would be in the championship. Like, if you had to pick a winner right now, would you pick Brooklyn? Just out of the East or overall? Just overall. No.
1: Who would you take? (laughs) That's the thing. It's really hard, but... um... I think can I can I just say whoever comes out of the west
0: I mean that gives you like 12 teams Yeah, but you know, <laughs> know I, it's yeah. interesting though cuz I think most people would say if you could only pick one Brooklyn and I, you're saying you would take you would not take Brooklyn.
1: I just I don't know anything about Brooklyn because they haven't played together. I don't know what's going to happen with that team because They they've played you know uh, just a handful of games with Durant and Kyrie and Harden all on the floor at the same time yeah and they're just gonna have to have just figure out the chemistry in the first two rounds of the playoffs and then you know get to the conference finals like it it just doesn't uh, so yeah I I don't think I don't think Brooklyn is the team you know I (laughs) I guess I would say the Lakers but they've got to get healthy
0: so yeah I I like that it's wide open honestly. And I, I heard, uh, I don't remember which show it was, I think it was Burns and Gabo talking about it earlier today. If Jamal Murray wasn't hurt, man, Denver looks good. Because Michael Porter stepped right in. They're not the same position, but he stepped right in and it was just you know putting up 25, 26 points a game, and they obviously have Jokic. Uh, so I have, I have no interest in dealing with the Nuggets anytime soon if I'm the Suns, but I think the Suns go through Utah. I think they go through Dallas. I think they go through Portland. Any of these teams, I think they go through. And if the Lakers aren't healthy, I think they go through them too. The only two teams that... that Make me nervous right now in the West from a Suns perspective are, are the Clippers, for obvious reasons. It, those have been some brutal games this year. And the Nuggets, but neither one of those teams, I don't look at either of them and say, like, oh, the Suns couldn't beat them. They absolutely could. Uh, all right, let's get into the rapid reaction. The Rundown Rapid Reaction. Rapid reaction. Reacting to today's top three trending sports stories. I will right, we'll start with baseball, the Diamondbacks in New York to take on the Mets. Zach Gallon on the mound. We are in the bottom of the fifth right now. D-backs are up four to one in this one. Uh pretty much spreading out the offense. Four different guys have RBIs, four different guys have run scored in this one. So everybody doing a little bit of everything, except Eduardo Escobar, who's 0 for 3 right in the middle of the lineup. But everybody else is doing a little bit of everything. Josh Rojas is three for three in this one with a run scored already. Uh, you would you would like to think Zach Gallon on the mounds? You I, I don't know that you have the game locked up in the fifth inning because I don't think he's going to pitch nine innings, but uh, you figure he's going to give you probably I don't know six good ones here. He's only thrown seventy pitch uh, seventy pitch through four innings, so we'll see. But uh, the D backs up on the Mets. They are coming into this game. It's it's like emotional conflict because Madison Bumgarner looked good again last night, but then they lost again. So like Bumgarner now, that's four straight either good or great starts mixed in there. But they just got swept by the Marlins. So now you're 15 and 16. I mean, Miami hadn't been scoring any runs prior to that series, and they scored 20 over the three games. And again, that's counting yesterday when Bumgarner pitched really, really well. But uh, they got three yesterday, eight the game before, and then nine the game before that. D-backs got uh, four. So they're outscored 20-4 to in that series. That's not great. 15-16, and but a chance to get back to 500 tonight. And I do think bigger picture, the fact that Madison Bumgarner has thrown four really good games in a row is is probably more important. Last night, one earned run on two hits over six innings. The game before, one earned run over five innings. The no-hitter, even though it was seven innings, the game before that. And then one run over five innings the game before that. So four straight against Washington, Atlanta, Colorado, and Miami. Very encouraging for the Diamondbacks. If you legitimately have two top-flight starters at the top of your rotation, and I think we all agree Zach Gallen is that already, the question is, is Madison Bumgarner still that? If that's the case, then you feel pretty good about this at least being a, an interesting season for the Diamondbacks. Uh, ASU basketball, Remy Martin saying he is going pro. He could have technically come back again. That's three, three ASU play. Well, it's not just three, but realistically, three that could go in the draft with Marcus Bagley, Joshua Christopher, and Remy Martin. I like ASU. I can't. I don't know that I can wrap my head around three Sun Devils going in the NBA draft after the season they just had. Can you? Zero chance. Yeah, zero chance. At the start of the year. Christopher and Bagley were viewed as lottery picks. And I don't put too much on their season just because it was so disjointed. And, you know, Bagley had uh, injuries he was dealing with. And, they, you know, everybody was missing games. That's fine. I could see Remy Martin maybe catching on. I mean, it's possible. It is possible that just based on on what they did before college, that Christopher and Bagley are first-round picks or at least drafted. And then maybe Remy Martin sneaks in. But that would be so weird because ASU's had much better teams in the past, didn't get anybody drafted, and then they're going to go potentially uh, put together the the just very disappointing season they just had and get three guys drafted. Uh, and the Coyotes in action tonight in San Jose, and then they are in action again tomorrow night in San Jose, and then they are done for the season. So they've got uh, these two games. Darcy Kemper supposed to start tonight. Uh, Victor Soderstrom, their first-round pick from 2019, is going to play his third NHL game tonight. And Yannick, who's a guy they really like, as a potential goal scorer uh, through the uh, the farm system. They drafted him in the third round in 2018. He's making his NHL debut tonight, but no playoffs for the Coyotes, regardless of what they do here down the stretch in these uh, these last two games. All right, we come back. we want to get back into uh, we'll get back into the Suns here in just a moment. I also want to look at the Cardinals. If they have any needs left, what exactly are they? Because now we're kind of in that that time where your lineup's pretty well set until so you get towards uh, towards training camp. So we'll get into that next. It's The Rundown with Luke Lipinski on 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. It's The Rundown, hosted by Luke Lipinski. Luke, I am your father. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right, welcome back to the show. Luke Lipinski here with you. We got Suns-Knicks coverage coming up at the bottom of the hour and then tip-off at the top of the hour. So uh, moving here pretty quickly on a short Rundown on this Friday evening. Hopefully everybody has a great weekend here. I think you've earned it. Um, the Revenge of the Birds put up a story today. Five veteran free agents the Cardinals should consider signing. So here we go, right? I mean, you, you've, you've had your free agency period. You've had your chance to make trades. The Cardinals made a pretty big one. Uh, made some big free agent signings. They, you know, you've had your draft now. They didn't necessarily go conventionally the way people thought. I mean, how many mock drafts do we see that had the Cardinals taking a corner and they didn't take a corner in the first two rounds? They didn't take one until the fourth round. You know, it's funny. I saw Todd McShay's mock for 2022 today has the Cardinals taking a corner in the first round. So this is just, <laughs> we're just going to keep doing this forever. We're like in this continuous loop. Uh, but yeah, Revenge of the Birds has a story out because now you're kind of just like, you're on, you're, it's like going through the clearance bin. Is there anything in here, even if nobody else wants it, that you want that you think could help you? So I'm going to throw some of these names out here that they have, and they say five. I'm counting six. The sixth one is the one that interests me the most, but I'll go through some of these other ones. First one is Tyler Eifert, and I think, I think most, uh, most observers would agree the Cardinals, if you have needs at this point, corner's the biggest. Tight end's probably the second biggest, right? I mean, tight end, maybe like a backup running back, third string running back, just because you go through so many of them over the course of a season.
1: Running back, tight end corner.
0: Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, Eifert has been really good offensively in the past, but he hasn't stayed on the field very much lately. He was There was a couple years there, 13 touchdowns one year with the Bengals, but that was 2015. We're going into the 2021 season. He has six touchdowns total over the last five years. Uh, 36 catches last year. I've been playing for Jacksonville, so not as big of a part of the offense. Look, anybody on this list now is not somebody that you are breaking the bank for, or really taking much risk. But that's an interesting one. Sheldon Richardson, uh, the defensive tackle. I don't know that they necessarily need that as much. Bashad Breland, the corner. Um, Please no. No? Oh, he's so bad. Okay, well, that's that's uh, that's not very encouraging. He's the only one on here that, that plays corner. Oh, that's not true. Garyon Conley is a corner on, on this list, too. I just want them to do something at corner. I mean, if you bring in Breland or any of these guys, you're not starting them. It's just more like if anybody gets hurt or, look, I want to see Robert Alford play. I don't like counting on Robert Alford to play. Like if he plays, that should almost be like a bonus and like, okay, now we got some depth because Alford's playing. Unfortunately, you're in a spot now where you're counting on him. But here, here's the last one on the list. Zach Ertz. Is he still a free agent or is he a trade piece? What would that be? You would have to trade for him uh wow. at the moment, but he could Who be would you give up. Uh I don't think I don't that's I think the issue is more the uh the money. But it even says in here if he is designated a post June first release, the Cardinals will likely be interested in signing him. So I again I'm reading from Revenge of the Birds right there. Go for it.
1: 100% go for that
0: one. Yeah, I mean, that's, that, is, that is a piece you don't have in your offense. You, we can sit here and we can talk about different running backs you could add. You could talk about, you know, we add some depth along the defensive line. You want to, I don't think you need more depth at linebacker. I think you've got a lot of linebackers. Even anybody you want to add at corner, you're you're adding depth, guys. It's just important there because you're very thin there. But if you were to add Zach Ertz, and again, let's let's be clear here, if he becomes available, the Cardinals aren't going to be the only team interested. But if you're adding him, that's something that you don't you don't have any of. You don't have a pass catching tight end, and he's, I mean, that would fit in with the rest of their offseason, wouldn't it? That's a big name player who's had a lot of a lot of big numbers in this league. Take last year out for a second. His previous, I don't know, let's go three or four years. 916 yards, 1163 yards, 824, 816, and the touchdowns were 6, 8, 8, and 4. 88 receptions, 116, 74, 78. I mean, that's that's a tight end. That's better than most Cardinals receivers last year.
1: Yeah, he's one of the greatest tight ends in the league, if not all time. I believe that 116 is
0: the record for tight ends in a season for but catches. That was, a, was that, that was back when Carson Wentz was good, which really wasn't that long ago, but it feels like it was a decade ago. So that that's definitely one to keep an eye on if, if he were to become available. And that like I said would really fit in if they if they went out and got him. That would fit in with the rest of an off season that JJ Watt's a big name. Can he control still uh, contribute? Yeah, probably, but he's a big name. Rodney Hudson, I don't know how big of a name you are as a center. That's more of like a kind of the um that that's more substance. Not to take anything away from JJ Watt, but like you know when you go out and sign JJ Watt people are going to get excited that's not necessarily the case with Rodney Hudson you know when you go out there and get Malcolm Butler people are going to get a little excited because he's got he's he made one of the most famous plays in Super Bowl history and it wasn't that long ago if you go out there and get Zach Ertz in the fantasy football era people people are going to be excited for the uh, for the Cardinals if they could do that not saying they're going to but uh, like I said, of all the names on that list, that's definitely the one that interests me the most. Real quick before we switch off Cardinals, did you see uh, Tay Gallen's tweet? This is from yesterday, where he, quote, tweeted pro football focus. And they, they were talking about how he has the, the second lowest college, second lowest passer rating allowed in college football last year. Like, just, you know, basically saying, paying him a compliment. And he, quote, tweeted and said, I'm not done. Somebody has to pay for sleeping on me. So he uh, he noticed that he went, like, three rounds later than, a lot of uh, a lot of sites had him projected to go. Okay, back to the NBA. We've got Suns Knicks here coming up at the bottom of the hour, and this list caught my attention. It is the um, at the Athletic John Hollinger put out a list of the most underrated players in the NBA. Okay. So first, we're going to start with the uh, the Suns' angle on this, and that is that Mikhail Bridges is listed ninth on here. That sounds about right. I mean, Bridges is a guy that we really appreciate here locally, and and I I do feel like Suns fans have been excited about him since that draft night when I look, he was in eight in shadow, but you had two guys that were essentially top ten picks in that draft. The Suns uh, got in the same draft, so I, I feel like Suns fans have been pretty excited about him for a while, and for the most part. He really, he's done nothing to, to undersell that. So that's, he's been he's been very impressive, but he's not necessarily somebody that if you are just a casual, like a Knicks fan, I don't, I don't think the Knicks fans that are watching this game tonight know a whole lot about Mikael Bridges. So yeah, it seems about right. He's ninth on this list. I won't read the whole list, but, and he's the only son on the list, but I'll give you the top three, okay? Number three is DeAnthony Melton. He's obviously got ties here, uh, of Memphis. Number two is Drew Holiday on Milwaukee. Number one is Rudy Gobert. Here's my problem with this, and Jesse, you can jump in on this too if you want. I just saw a list earlier this week, the top 25 players in the NBA. So uh, right now, this this athletic list is the, is the most underrated players in the NBA, and they have Rudy Gobert as the most underrated player in the NBA, okay? Top 25 players in the NBA, according to The Ringer. Rudy Gobert is ahead of Devin Booker on the list. So how many Rudy Gobert's are there? Like, You, you can't be the most underrated player in the NBA and also be considered a top 20 player in the NBA. There's, there's got to, like, nobody's just now learning about Rudy Gobert.
1: The defensive player of the year is not an underrated player. <laughs> It's when when you're given the defensive player of the year, you're not underrated. I, I've heard of anything he's overrated. Like, don't players say that like he, you can expose him on defense? Like, uh, I've never heard of Rudy Gobert underrated. For, also, people don't talk about guys that much. I mean, I know that like he had the whole COVID thing last year, and that's how most people know of him. But like, he's definitely a known commodity and people know that when you play the Utah Jazz you're going to have to deal with Rudy Gobert like I I don't see where this is out of left field to me
0: I look the the covid thing last year is I think basketball fans were pretty well aware of Gobert before that and then look a very unfortunate situation but everybody knew his name as of March 11th of 2020 like he's was the name synonymous with sports shutting down not it's not his fault but Everybody knows his name. <laughs> he's averaging 14 rebounds a game. Like you said, he's, he's been one of the best defensive players for a while now. All-star. And I wouldn't have put him ahead of Devin Booker on that, on that ringer list of the top 25 players in the NBA. But I probably would have had him in the top 25 somewhere. But you can't be all that and then also be the most underrated player in the NBA. It's not like he's just breaking in. He's been in the league since 2013. And he's pretty much been the same player since about 2014. I, I get that it's two different sites. It's not like the Athletic had both these lists or the Ringer had both these lists. But that's a, that's that's a lot of Gobert love, and it's from like both sides of the spectrum. It's, it's, it's wow, um, yeah. So we got the Suns coming up tonight. They've got just these uh, six games left, and. The Knicks have said they were out, they're out for a little revenge tonight. They, uh, they haven't hidden the fact that they, they want to pay the Suns back. This is Orleans' Noel. I mean, yeah, us as a group has collectively had this circle, this date circled on our calendar. You know, we know we let one slip in New York, but, you know, we want to come here with the aggression that we need, you know, throw the first punch and you know, play a full 48 minutes of basketball that we know we can do and uh, keep this West Coast trip going, try to take it game by game, day by day. And, you know, it's a good test for us down the stretch, getting ready for playoffs. Yeah, of course, the Suns beat them uh, early, not that long ago, really, April 26th. And at the time, the Knicks, which believe it or not, and this is tough even for me to believe and I've been watching a lot of basketball lately. uh, They had won nine in a row going into that game. So I'd seen them win a lot of those games, and it's still, it's the Knicks. I can't totally believe it. They're a decent team, though, and the Suns, the Suns are on their radar, and then obviously they won't meet again this season unless they somehow got to the finals, which is possible for the Suns, not so much for the Knicks. All right, uh, we've got Suns-Knicks coming up here in just a moment. Thanks to Jesse Morrison behind the glass. Thanks for you to, to you for listening. I'm Luke Lipinski. It's been The Rundown on 98.7 FM, Arizona sports station.